0: little Southern Gospel this morning. How was that? Wasn't that good? I like it all, man. If it's about Jesus, I like it. I'm bringing my banjo next Sunday. We're going to do some bluegrass. Got any bluegrass in in the audience? Any bluegrass fans out there? That was awesome, man. Pam, Pam, I tell you, she can sing it. She can sing it. And can I tell you that what she was singing about is the best advertisement for this church? joy joy i mean we can we can buy all kind of ads and put it in the paper and billboards and all that stuff and if you all go around looking like you just sucked on a sour pimple, pickle pickle you it, <laughs> it, it just it just makes all that money we spend on marketing not worth two cent your smiling face uh, people think you up to something when you're smiling you know And they just look at you and go, man, what you smiling all the time? And then, boy, they just open that door wide open for you to talk to them about Jesus. Let the joy come out. If you don't have any in you, it's a good possibility you might not have Jesus in there. Did I say that out loud? Stephanie and John Craig are in the house this morning. Let's give it up. Where are you guys? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. They are uh, here all the way from South America. And what's that little country you're in? Costa Rica, Costa Rica, and they have invited everybody to go down anytime you want to. You don't have to call, you don't have to let them know, just fly on down there and show up on the doorstep with your luggage, isn't that right? (laughs) Oh man, so good to have you guys. Stephanie for years was our official hugger. How many have been hugged by Stephanie? Amen. There's healing in the hug, I'm telling you right now. And uh, we just appreciate John and Steph, so good. I just, I, I heard they were coming, but I wasn't sure when it was going to be, and I looked up this morning, here they were, and just so good to see them. They're a major reason for our church developing as it did through the years, and um, I just love them, and always so, so good to see them. Let me ask you a question. Well, first of all, there's a couple things I need to talk about. Right there on that front row, I left some stuff, so will y'all let me walk down here and get it? Is that cool? All right, I think I just did it anyway. Um, How many of you, well, you don't have to raise your hand, but some of you may have missed Mother's Day, and ladies, we had this for you, and we want to make sure you get one. As a matter of fact, you can pick up two or three if you want to. Uh, It is a very uh, high-quality, very nicely made um, bookmark. Uh, You can put it with your Bible study materials, whatever. It, It helps you pray for your children. It just kind of guides you in praying for your children. So if you didn't get one of these Mother's Day, you can get one. And dads, you know what? You can pick up one, too. It'll work for you just as well. Also on Easter, we gave away this little book. This is an excellent little book. It's called Why a Crown? And it's written by a couple uh, that I've read a couple of their novels. They, they write Christian novels, and the Christian novels they write are excellent, excellent. So we're giving you this book, and they're at the uh, uh, Connect Center uh, out in the main foyer. Just walk by there this morning and pick those up. They're absolutely free. How many of you remember uh, last year, about a year ago now, This skinny little preacher came to our church. His name was Scott Smith, and he talked about holding a rope. Do y'all remember that sermon? And uh, he's hard to look at, but he's a good preacher. And uh, Scott's my buddy. Uh, Scott has sent us, uh, we ran out of these when he was here before. It is a Bible study, a step-by-step guide for consistently and easily uncovering, life-changing insight from the scriptures. It's called Dig It. How to Dig Down in the Word of God. There's a description on the back. There are CDs in here that you listen to. and you, so Many of you have been asking me about a Bible study. This is excellent. Not only does this, this actually teaches you how to dig in the Bible for yourself. So I would encourage you to get that. Now, I will tell you it's $40, but it goes to help scott in his ministry scott's a full-time uh, revivalist evangelist traveling around the country preaching i'm sure far more than 40 meetings a year and uh we want to support him every way we can this is going to bless you we ran out of those before wanted to let you know he had sent us a bunch of those and you can pick those up uh anytime you would like one i want you to say it out loud everybody at the same time what's your favorite sport okay i heard uh cricket and badminton. Um, I think I heard football most of all. Who, who's football? F- favorite, f- favorite sport, football. And, and we ain't talking about no soccer right there now, please. Don't make me come down there. Football is, is a ball that's pointy on both ends. Amen, y'all with me out there? And, um, and I love some football. Who, who's, who's baseball? All right, all right. Basketball. ACC basketball yeah, yeah, I knew that would do it. Um, um, so so how many of you, how many of you got to watch the sport you like, or read about it, or, or your own line, maybe get some sports newsletters, but you read about your sport or, or heard about it or watched it this week on TV. got okay, a bunch of hands out there. How many of you got to play the sport? You got in it, You played it. Mm, Two or three hands. Uh, Somebody yelled out golf. Is that a sport? I I wasn't sure if that was a sport or not. (laughs) I mean, you put your stuff on this little car and ride around and then get back on the car. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Uh, The reason I cut on golf is because I'm no good at it. Um, If you notice, a lot more people hear about their sport than actually play their sport. Okay? Now... That's kind of how it is in church. we got a lot of fans. They like to look and watch, and, but, but a lot of them haven't been moved from fans to players. And from players, we're going to find some game changers in there. We're going to find some Michael Jordans in there. See, it's the goal of the leadership team of this church, it is our goal to bring you from being a fan of Jesus to being a player. We want to get you out of the stands, bleachers, into the, onto the playing field and get you playing. And among those who are willing to step out and get on the game, get in the game, get on the field, we're going to find some game changers in there. We're going to find some game changers. Now, there, there are not a lot of game changers. There, there are just a few game changers, but there are some in this church. And you might be one, but you'll never know if you don't get out of the bleachers, okay? So how would we do that? Well, before we answer that question of how we're going to get people out of the bleachers and into the game, uh, there are three terms uh, that I want to put up on the screen today that you're probably hearing uh, uh, as you're reading about uh, the modern church, what the modern church is doing, and they are the words missional or missional church or missional community. Now, most of us have heard the word mission or missions, but the word missional is new. Now, we're going to put on our website, it should go up this week, something that's called the Missional Manifesto. Uh, the the uh, person who spearheaded that event is a man named Ed Stetzer. And uh, I would encourage you to go online, Google Ed. He does a blog. Sign up to get him every time he puts in that blog Uh, He writes something new in there. They'll send you an email and start reading that because one of our goals as a church is to be missional, missional. Not only is it our desire to be missional, it is also our desire to be another new word that's creeping into language, uh, talking about the modern church, and that is the word attractional, attractional and missional. Just about everything I read is missional versus attractional, missional versus attractional. Now, I know right now you're not real sure what I'm talking about. Let me clarify, um, let me clarify missional for you by using a little video clip I found. So we're going to just put this little video clip up. It's very simple. It's black and white, uh, but, it's, but it's creatively done. And I want you to listen, you need to listen real careful and watch what this guy says and the little diagrams on the screen, okay? So let's watch this.
1: This is the missional church. Simple. In the past, churches have spent large amounts of resources to construct the most attractive places imaginable for the community in which they were situated. Great music, compelling teaching, and a host of programs designed to gather people together were the staple of such church communities. Anyone who wanted to come was welcome, and church members were encouraged to invite their friends and neighbors. Generally, people had a pleasant experience. The people who came and were cared for seemed relatively similar. Education, income, pastimes, race, struggles, and histories seemed to be almost identical. Eventually, someone asked the question, what about all the people who aren't like us, but who live around us? Why aren't they here too? In response, the church increased its marketing budget, direct mailing the community, taking out ads in local papers, buying radio time, releasing a fresh webpage and offering to host the world's greatest event. The church was determined to be the center of everything great that happened in the community. Church members began to rely on the church to do the work of conveying God's story in the world. If someone could be brought to an event, they could hear about Jesus from a professional teacher. Inviting people became synonymous with evangelism. The missional church, on the other hand, empowers its members to be the church in the community. The church trains, resources, encourages, and challenges its people to live out the good news in their community with those who would otherwise be suspicious of a church and its marketing efforts. The church sends out its members to live among people unfamiliar with church customs, songs, and what it holds sacred, just like a foreign missionary. The missional church recognizes then that every believer embodies the life of the church in their neighborhood, in their school, or at their place of work each one of them telling God's story in the context of compassionate and genuine relationships.
0: Okay, so that gives you a general idea, a quick idea, and you can go on YouTube and just type in uh, missional church simple and you can watch that again and just kind of follow through on that. What I want to talk to you about today, um, and, and here is what I'm seeing happen in, uh, in the modern church today, um, I'm seeing, by the way, we, we did a series called Live Free, and we talked about why Jesus died. Uh, we're still kind of in that Live Free series, but I want to talk to you about how to live free as a church, as a church body, and, and how to now take our salvation that came through the cross, and we preached on that three weeks in a row. Uh, how, what do we do now? That now that we have Jesus... Now that Jesus is in us, now that we are saved, he's in us, he's forgiven us of our sins, and he is inside of us, what do we do now? What's the vision, Pastor? Where's our church going? How do I fit in? Maybe you're asking that question, how do I fit in to what Whitley Church is doing? Or, or, or maybe you're one who goes, I really don't want to get involved. I want to just sit back, and, and, and you guys look like you got everything you need, so I'm just going to sit back, if you don't mind, and, and not really get involved. I'll just come on Sunday, and I'll give, and, I, and I'll do a couple of things like that, but I don't really want to get involved, so I'm going to talk to you just a little bit as well. Uh, so we're going to talk today about Um, instead of missional, because really in that video clip, the message was sort of attractional. Remember when they talked about the biggest event ever? Churches were saying, we got the biggest event ever, and we got really good music, and we got really good preaching, and we got all of that. Well, now that video kind of gave the idea, well, now we need to change all that and become missional. Here's what I'm saying to you today. Here's what I'm saying to you. I think we can be both. I think we can be an attractional church that you look forward to the services here because you don't ever know what's going to happen. You you don't ever know what kind of element we're going to throw in. Like uh, next Sunday, I'll tell you all a secret, don't tell anybody, but next Sunday, the Mime Team's going to rock it next Sunday, okay? (laughs) Amen? And so mime team is going to be here next Sunday, and, and and we'll have a drama, or we'll have a skit, or or we'll have uh, Pastor uh, Josh Overton will bring on the uh, uh, the dance guys who who interpret songs uh, through dance, and, and and so we we believe in the arts here, and we are we are working more and more toward making sure we incorporate those on a regular basis in our worship. And that's an attractional church. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, you know, the screens and the, and the atmosphere, the environment, and the lighting, and the music, and the videos. Every bit of that, guys, is to create an, an environment and to create an event on the weekends. And, of course, you know, we have the bridge in Goldsboro that meets on Thursday. So if you're going to the beach on the weekend, don't miss church. And the people said amen we got a lot of people who are coming out on thursday night to the bridge and then they're able to go uh, away for the weekend so we hope you guys will take advantage of that um <clears throat> but the atmosphere at the bridge and the atmosphere here the environment in those two places um the reason we do church the way we do is because we want you to come and have an enjoyable experience uh i don't know about y'all but but I I have had to endure church. Have you ever been to a church you had to endure? Uh, Have you ever been to a church that when you woke up on Sunday morning, you were like, help me, Jesus, help me. Help me get up and go, you know, because I know I need to go. I don't, I don't really get much out of it. I don't really like the people who are there all that much, but I know I need to go. And, and, and we don't want you to do that here. We don't want you to have that. We want you to wake up on Sunday morning. Matter of fact, really what we prefer is that your children come get you up out of the bed and say, let's go to that place that's cool and fun, and I learned about Jesus and all of that. That's our goal. That's our goal as a leadership team. Now now over my 21 years as your pastor, um, our church has gone through a lot of different personalities. Uh, we were schizophrenic for a while. We weren't really sure who we were, you know um, and, and and we were praying, and we were trying to determine. We had people who were coming, and they were trying to impose their agenda. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? And, and so we we would, you know, go, well, maybe that's it. So we would try their little agenda for a while, and then we would go, you know, that's not us. That's not who we are. And and so then we would go, well, we'd go to that person who was full of God and full of the Holy Spirit and knew way more than we did about the Bible, and we'd go, you know, that's really not us. And they'd go, well, and then they'd leave. And... um and so I feel like, and I'm kind of I'm testifying today. Can, can I just give a little testimony, a little Pharaoh Hardison unfiltered today? Is that all right? You say, ain't he unfiltered? He sounds like to me he's unfiltered every Sunday. <laughs> Talking about big bucks last Sunday. I mean, what's he going to talk about today? You know. So uh, if I get any more unfiltered, I might get fired. But um, we've had vision statements. Our first vision statement was, that we want to be a New Testament local church that is biblical in teaching and Christ-centered in worship and people-oriented in ministry. That's, pretty good. that's a pretty good statement right there, but it's really more a mission statement than a vision statement. Well, then we learned and found out that that vision statement really was too long. People really couldn't, you know, you'd say, what's a vision statement? They'd go, New Testament church with some stuff, and that's about all they could remember. And so we changed to a shorter vision statement, and it was this. We want to help people discover Christ, accept Christ, and grow in Christ. Okay? So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But that's really more of a mission statement, too. So I want to tell you that coming up here before too long, we're going to actually change our vision statement. It really doesn't change our vision, though. As a matter of fact, we're still... Uh, still deeply desire to be a New Testament local church that is biblical in teaching and Christ-centered in worship and people-oriented in ministry. We still believe that. But we want to we give you a vision statement, and we'll be presenting that here in a few weeks. We want to give you a vision statement that you'll be able to just say it. Amen, amen? And when people say, well, what's your vision out there at Wheatley Church? You can go, bam, and they'll go, whoa. Because most people, when they're inviting somebody to church, and that person looks at them and goes, well, what's your vision at that church? They go, uh, I don't think nobody's had no vision. I mean, I don't think, you know, because uh, we don't really know what that is. So we're going we're to correct that and, and work on that a little bit. Uh, but our vision, basically, guys, is to turn people from being fans into players. And that's conversion, We want them to get saved, and I know that's a Christianese word, but we want people to receive Christ. We want people to become a follower of Jesus. We want people to stop following their own selfish ways. We want people to stop following uh, the will of Satan. We want people to stop following uh, uh, sin and and giving in to the sinful things of this world. And we want them to turn from that, y'all with me? And we want them to follow Jesus, okay? So we want them to go from being a fan to being a, a player. And then among those players, uh, we're going to find talent, and we're going to find gifts and abilities. We're also going to find some Michael Jordans, some Michael Jordans. You say, well, I'm, I'm probably not going to be a Michael Jordan. Well, can I tell you that Michael Jordan needed Scottie Pippen? Yeah. And Michael, y'all with me out there? Y'all laugh? Michael Jordan needed that team. I mean, without Michael Jordan, the Bulls would have never been what they were. But without those other four players, Michael Jordan would have never been what he was. So every person, every single one of you, you are essential to the success of this church. You are are essential to us being the church in this community that God has called us to be. So the bottom line of missional churches is how do we get people off the seats and into ministry to help us win the game? Uh, about 30 years ago in America, there was a fresh way of doing church and, um, that, that came along, and I call it the attractional model, the attractional model or the fan base model. In my opinion, it's a very good model, very positive model. It has greatly influenced and shaped my personal life and my personal ministry, and it is a major reason that this church has grown, and it is a major reason that this church has reached so many for Jesus, and and many of you have been helped because of this model. Many of you have been saved and come to Christ because of this model. Many of you uh, would not even be in church if it were not for this model. Now, let me talk just a little bit about what the attractional church looks like. Here's what the attractional church looks like. It is a church And and I'm talking about a balanced attractional church. There there are some churches that are out of balance. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about the three challenges of having a church like ours uh, uh, that that has the stuff that attracts people. But an attractional church is a church that says, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on creating the best weekend worship experience that we can. Now, guys, you might have come from a bigger church or gone to some bigger churches, and you might come here and go, well, you know, you guys are doing all right, but, man, there are churches doing a lot more stuff than you are. We understand that. But if you'd seen where we were, anybody, anybody here who, who remembers where we were? If, you, if you'd seen where we were uh, to where we've come from, tremendous progress has been made. Now, here, here's what we want to do for you. Here's, what, here's what's in my heart to do for you. And you know what? Let, let me be just real candid today. You might hear what I say today, and, and you might go, well, I don't like that. I don't like it. And, and this isn't the kind of church I want to be a part of. And if that's true, then, then, then you know, it, it might not be for you. If you hear what I say today and you have some questions or there's some things I say that concern you, then shoot me an email. And uh, I'll explain to you even further what I'm going to talk about today. But here, here's what I want. Here's my vision. I believe with all my heart today that God has put this in my heart, okay? I want, to, I want our church to have an environment on, on Thursday night at the bridge, Saturday night here. We had a wonderful service last night. I don't know how many we had, but we had a great crowd last night. I want you to look around you this morning. It doesn't look like it's hurt the attendance in this uh, service one bit, does it? And uh, so our church is growing. Our church is growing. And um, I want you to be able to invite your friends to a service here at Whitley. And and look, let me just say off the bat, I want them to be confronted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want them to be confronted with the presence of Jesus Christ. And I want to make sure we're all about Jesus Christ, Christ Christ-centered. Our church is Christ-centered, biblical in teaching, Christ-centered in worship. But, I also know that when a person doesn't know Jesus, when a person is lost without Jesus Christ, a lot of times they come into a church and it looks so churchy and sounds so churchy and and everything's so churchified. That's a new word I made up this week at the bridge. Churchified and so religious that they leave here going, because it's like everything else. So what we want to do is create an environment where you can bring your family and your friends and they go, whoa, that doesn't look like a church. That Matter of fact, I got to tell y'all, and I know, I better not say that, that might, that might be too, I was talking about knocking the steeple off this church, but I won't mention that. I, I'm, I'm just saying we can, look guys, one of the things we have to do is study what they're out out there what they're thinking about us we need to study that we need to understand what people who don't know Jesus are thinking about us and and we need to go gee why do they think that that isn't true but that's what they think and it comes out of their experiences in other churches they've been to. And a lot of times, there are people out there, and here's why they're not in church today. one, they've been hammered by a church. I mean, they've been hurt by a church. So they're going, I'm done with church, because all churches are the same. Then there are people out there who have never been to church. They've never even been to a church. And they're out there going, uh, um, uh, I, I haven't been, I, I don't really know what it's like because I haven't ever been, but I hear stuff. I hear stuff about church. Bunch of sanctimonious, holier-than-thou walking on water, I'll slap somebody if they, you know, that's what they think of us out there. Is my toupee all right this morning? Because I got to tell you something, it feels like it's flopping up there on the top. Let me just, let me just pat that thing now. For our online audience, we're happy to have you with us today. Don't forget, you can give online. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so, so guys, you might come to Whitley, and you might see something. Now, now I'm, talk- I'm not talking about changing how we do church. I'm explaining why we do it the way we've been doing it. Uh, um, after the sermon Thursday night, somebody said, uh, are, we, are we changing how we do church? And it hurt my feelings a little bit because I thought they understood I'm defining what we're doing, what we are doing. Nothing's going to change other than we're just going to, through prayer and seeking the face of God and stay on our knees, we're just going to get more effective at what we're doing. Amen, amen? And so so uh, <clears throat> um, when you come into the church, you're, you're, we're going to try to be as excellent in music as we can. We're going to try to be as excellent in in um, creative arts as we can. We're going to try to be as excellent in our teaching and in the messages that we bring to you as we can. We're going to try to be, listen, here, here's another very important. We're going to try to answer questions the world is asking. We, we want to we, we make the Word of God, we want to help them understand. We don't want to make it relevant, we want them to understand it is relevant. You don't have to make the Word of God relevant. The Word of God is relevant. But what a lot of people think, they open a King James Version, they start reading, verily, verily, I say unto thee, thou hast overcomest, And they go, I don't know what this is. And, and so they just close it, put it up, and it collects dust. What they don't understand is that there is a church in Princeton, between Princeton and Goldsboro, that is making that Bible come alive in your life. And so, we want you to be able to invite your friends here, and when they're leaving with you and going to the car, they're going, That was cool. That was cool. I laughed. I cried. We want their kids to come running out of nursery and running out of preschool. Well, they can't run out of the nursery, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> they can waddle out or crawl out of the nursery. Going, I want to come back. I want to come back. You know, and, and that was a toddler. And then we want them to come running out of the impact building going, man, mama, we, are we going to come back to this church? Are we going to come back? we want to come back to this church. And then the ki- kids come running out of the 412. And they're like, man, it's awesome back there. And Pastor Josh is awesome. Pastor Jared, man, they're bringing the word and the music. And the, they got the cool stuff, man. And mama, can we come back to this church? That's what we want for you. I don't want you to have to drag your children to the house of God. I don't want you to look at them and go, You're going because I said you're going. How many of y'all went to church because <laughs> they said you're going? <laughs> you know, I, 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 want, I want kids to go to church because they're like, Hey, it's Wednesday night, Mom. Get your mess right. You know, we're going to the house of God tonight. You know, amen, amen. So, attractional, attractional. Some people call it a fan based church. Let me give you three. Three challenges of a fan-based church. Number one, number one. I've already talked about this a little bit. Is that there are people in our community who will never walk into the doors of an attractional or fan-based church? Because while it, really, what we're trying to do is be, we want fans. How, how many of you know? Nobody got saved before they were first attracted to Jesus you're first attracted to him you're attracted to his message you're you're attracted to how he what he said and what he taught isn't like the world system you realize the world system isn't working you realize the world system's messed up maybe you've tried a whole bunch of things yourself and nothing's working so all of a sudden you're kind of listening to some things jesus said or you're hearing some songs about jesus or You were turning through the radio and you thought it was WREL 101.5 and it was actually a christian station because the music sounded very similar and so you started listening to it and all of a sudden you're here y'all with me out there and you're hearing the jesus message and you say what what, you know what is jesus saying because i got some problems in my life and everywhere i've been every book i've read and every doctor i've been to and every counselor i've been to ain't been able to help me so i wonder what jesus is saying so there's some people out there in the world like that But I gotta tell you, there are also people out there in the world who do not wake up on Sunday morning looking for a service to go to, or a band to listen to, or a sermon to hear. There are people, ladies and gentlemen, out in our community who we're not even on their radar. Matter of fact, not only are we not on their radar, church isn't on their radar. And look, they ride by here and they see that steeple, and they see, because when we built this church, we built real traditional-looking church, you know, because at that time, back in 1992, 3, whenever we started, 4, 5, somewhere back in there, we started building this building, that was, that was what you built. And, and so people ride by, and they see our steeple, and they see of it looks traditional on that side, and they go, I know what's going on in there. I have no interest. A bunch of judgmental people in that building. But see, they don't know. They don't know so one of the challenges of any church is that we're just not on the radar church just isn't on the radar now now in up north that's probably an even higher percentage of people who don't even care about church and i'm not picking on northerners that's just how it is probably up north there's there's 60 70 percent of the people who wake up up there on a sunday morning and sunday's just a saturday it's just a Saturday in their life that they don't even think about it. And, and a lot of them who, who, who do know people who go to church think they're kind of weird. They're like, yeah, I love him. He's weird, man. He goes to church. He's weird. And, and then down here, same thing. Probably down here, 30 to 40% of people wake up on a Sunday morning and don't even think about church. Don't even think about it. How many of you live in subdivisions and when you're leaving to come to church, there's just people out in the yard and they're mowing stuff and all that kind of thing. And you look at that and go, what's wrong with you? You know, because we grew up and we just kind of, so we're in the Bible belt. We're in the Bible belt. So we don't see as much of that. And then think about Europe, probably in Europe, 95%, 90, 95% of people wake up on Sunday morning. And it's no different than any other day of the week. So is America going to become like um, Europe? I don't know. I don't know if it will or not. We're in the Bible Belt. Let me tell you what's wrong with the Bible Belt, though. Um, you know, you Northerners out there might think I was picking on the North. Let me tell you what's wrong down here in the South. We, we down here is a religious spirit. A relig. You know. You understand what that is? Pharisee. Pharisaical spirit. Now, I ain't got no Pharisees on my early Sunday morning service, but Saturday night crowd. Have you seen that Saturday night crowd that comes out here? Um, and, and so, what, what is a Pharisee uh, or what is a religious person? A person uh, Facebooked me this week and said, Pastor, what is the difference in a religious person and a, and a, and a Christian, a real Christian? A religious person says, I don't need God. I can do religious things. I can do religious acts. I can act religious, talk religious, smell religious, dress religious. And when I die, Jesus will be so impressed that he will let me in heaven. And religion creates pride in a person. A true Christian is somebody who says, I'm lost. I'm on my way to hell. I'm lost. And the only person who gives me any hope is Jesus Christ. And I understand that he died for me and rose from the dead for me, died for me so that I could get back to his father where I was separated in the Garden of Eden and he rose from the dead so that I could have life and have it forever and ever and ever. And I could go into more detail about that. But down here in the South, just because we're in the Bible belt, um, that doesn't necessarily mean we're in the Jesus belt. Amen? And, and so we want to be very, very careful about that. So what I'm telling you is that this model, attractional model, is very effective, and, 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 but we need to understand that the percentage of people who are even looking for us is shrinking, is shrinking. The percentage of people who are looking for any church at all is shrinking. Now, I didn't say the percentage of people who are curious about Jesus is shrinking, but the, but the people who are curious about the church, do y'all see the difference? So what I'm saying to you is they're interested in Jesus out there, but we have, and not not us in particular, but the church in general has blown it In in the fact that we've been prideful and arrogant and we've been holier than thou. And and that's one of the reasons I stand up here and am constantly telling you that I fail and I sin and I mess up. Because if an unbeliever ever does make it in here, I want them to know that we admit our failures around here. We admit our stumbling around here. And the people said, amen. We're, We're transparent about that. And they're just not used to that, and we want to make sure they get that message, okay? Um, so challenge number one is that people just aren't even looking for a church. Challenge number two is, and this is extreme here, if you go extreme attractional as a church and you don't balance it with being a missional church, and let me let me just go ahead and tell you that next Sunday we're going to talk about missional. Right now we just want to talk about attractional And and I want to tell you, and the reason I'm giving you the challenges or problems that are related with an attractional church is because I'm seeing in America that some churches are going too far in attractional and not far enough in missional, okay? Does that make sense to you? And so I want you to know, so you won't be afraid, pastors, all, all pastor cares about is putting on a big show every weekend, No, 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 I'm not interested in just that. But I do want to create an environment on the weekends that you can bring your friends to and bring their kids and they go, wow, this is incredible. No church could be like this. I'd given up on church, therefore I really wasn't connecting to God at all. Thank you so much for bringing me here where I can wear my blue jeans and my flip-flops and everybody still loves me. Amen? Now I know some of you out there going, I ain't wearing no blue jeans and flip-flops. And we appreciate it because we've seen you in jeans and we would rather you would not wear. (laughs) Is it all right if a person wears a tie here at Willie Church? Did y'all see my tie last Sunday? I look good. (laughs) I look kind of churchy today, don't I? Got my coat on. Every time I do this, everybody goes, who died? Okay. (laughs) Okay. If you go extreme attractional, you have to start hiring more people to do ministry. And I want to tell you that I don't want to go in that direction. Because I know some churches that are almost totally run by professionals. And I really do not want to go in that direction as a church. We have talented, gifted people. I think the church ought to be run primarily by volunteers. Um, And and, um, here's what happens, though you You become attractional, so you do things really first class, and then the church begins to grow. And so you um have to start the music and all that. you have to start kind of hiring people who are just really, really good at music because as the as the attractional church grows, the expectation of even more, excellence and, and more technology and, and all of that level rising is really, really important. And so what a lot of churches have fallen into the trap of as they go attractional is they have almost come a, become churches that are run by professionals. And I don't want that here. I want you all to understand that I don't want that. Um, it, but, but there's a challenge there. There's a challenge with that. Uh, if you go to a high school football game. Uh, And then the next, say you go to a high school football game on Friday, and then you jump in your car and you drive um, to a professional football game, you're going to see some wildly different skill levels. Amen? Isn't that right? And that's because in high school, they're not paid. They're totally what? Volunteers. And in college, they're not paid. They're totally, unless you go to Carolina, you might get a little something (laughs) under the table. But... (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm sure it goes on everywhere. I just had to pick on you all a little bit. Now, there are way different skill levels between a high school team and a professional team unless that professional team is the Panthers. Then there's not really <laughs> that big a difference. <sighs> okay, so, so people be, begin to ex, expect. Now let, now, let me tell you. There's some of you sitting out there who can sing, and you ain't singing. There's some of you out there who could sing in this choir, and you're not singing in this choir. Get up and get in the choir. Amen? There's some of you, last night, guess what we had in the band last night? And at the bridge, we had a sax, baby, and it was smooth as silk. I'm telling you, it was awesome. And uh, Andrews Gonzalez, and he plays the sax. He has a master's degree in jazz. I didn't even know you could get a master's degree in jazz. <laughs> uh, and he played, and it was great, and we know that's gonna, he's going to be featured even more. There, listen, there's some people sitting out here this morning, and guys, you got to get in this game. Because if you don't get in this game, in order to keep the excellence level up, we're going to have to start forking out money and paying people to come in here. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're a professional church. And, and the, it's just not the same. It begins to be a show rather than a worship service. So if you see us hiring people so we can keep our excellence level up, and, and, then, 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 and, and you're not happy about that, I'm going to hit you up with, are you helping What you doing? Amen? Now, there's some of you who you say, well, I sung in choir one time, but I got hurt. Somebody hurt my feelings. Okay? Get over that and get in the choir. And we will hurt you too. But get up there. (laughs) Who hadn't been hurt in church? I mean, listen, if you ain't been hurt in church, you ain't never really been hurt. You got to get on in there, man. Get some blood on you. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and, and come on, man. You, you you say, well, it hurt me. I don't want to risk. I don't want to stick my finger out there anymore because somebody always hits it with a hammer. Oh, come on. Jesus stuck his hands out there. Amen. amen, amen. Let's risk something for Jesus. Let's get in the choir. Let let's If you play a musical instrument, um, you will, you will uh, do an audition. We'll tell you if you're good at it or not. And, uh, but guys, get, get in the game. I mean, challenge number three with an attractional church uh, is that if, you, if, you, if all you are is attractional and you don't add the missional element that we're going to define in detail next week, you don't add the then when a bigger, better show comes to town, they're going to leave you. They're going to leave this church. If a bigger, better show comes to town, Let me I'm, I'm not in competition with anybody, but, but can I tell y'all this, and I'm just this kind of behind the curtain, behind the scenes stuff, there are denominations planting churches in Goldsboro and in this area who are going to do a tractional missional church. They're going to do it. I'm already talking to the guys who are, who are uh, coming to our city and planting these churches, and I'm going to tell you, Whitley Church, you can't, you can't rest on your laurels. we got to make sure we're attractional and missional. Again, we're not competing with those guys. But I don't want a body of Christ here at Whitley that just because a bigger and better show comes into town, everybody goes, well, you know, y'all been good, but they better. So I'm going over there. I want you to have your roots down here in ministry. I want you, listen to me, I want you to feel called here. If you feel called to this church, and you're not going to feel called if you're not serving you're not going to feel called if you're not volunteering. How many of y'all here went to the prison yesterday, ministered to the prison? I heard that was awesome. And, and, and that makes you, when you do something like that or you're working in the coffee shop or you're out there in the parking lot and you've got that yellow vest on or, 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 or you're helping with kids' ministry or, or you're helping with uh, teenagers or you're involved in the music somehow, it makes you feel ownership. It makes you feel like, you are, and I'll have people come to me, and I'm gonna preach right here. I have people come to me from time to time who say, "I I think I don't feel like you know I'm a part of the church." And I'll go, "Well, are you? Did you volunteer for anything? No. Um, well, you know, are you are you?" bugging the deadlights out of Pastor Andy about getting in a small group. And you, you have to keep sending those emails. Guys go, don't forget me. I'm still out here. And we got you on the list. But we're waiting for people to rise up and go, I'll be a small group leader. And we're waiting for people to rise up and go, I'll offer my home for you to have your small group meeting in. We still got a waiting list on that. We still, so that creates a waiting list for small groups. But you got to get in. And so while you're waiting for a small group and to get in a small group, Volunteer volunteer serve some coffee be a guest guide do you remember when you visited here and you walked in and there was a guest guide who said hey are y'all here for the first time you know, yeah 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 and you kind of scared and didn't know where everything was and all of a sudden this guest guide's walking you around the church we need more guest guides we need more ushers and I know I'm not supposed to say need. I'm supposed to say we have a wonderful opportunity for you. But I'm telling you right now, we need some more ushers. We need some people to get up off the chair and help us. And if you're not going to get up off the chair and help us, I don't want to hear you complain about I just don't feel like I'm a part of the church. Get in it. Get in it. You say, well, I I wrote on my card one time that I volunteered and nobody called me. Listen, man, our church is growing. We're challenged in the office. Ring the bell. Ring that bell. Don't put one thing down and they didn't call me. We are sorry. We ask you to forgive us for that, that we didn't call you. We apologize for that. Call us again. Ring the bell again. Send an email. Call me. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I got friends. Go Say, Pastor, I've signed up a couple times. You know, and I just can't. Nobody's calling me. What do I need to do? I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what to do. And, um, and we want to get you involved. Because if you don't, then we got to hire people, more and more people. And I don't want to hire more and more people. Because when you hire more and more and more people, then you don't have money to do actual ministry with. Am I making any sense out there? Uh, y'all, y'all ever been to a Durham Bulls game? Have you been to a Kinston Indians I mean, that's pretty good, that's fun, but I got to tell you something, if the Yankees move to Goldsboro, it's going to mess up the Durham Bulls, I'm telling you, unless people have ownership with the Durham Bulls, and ownership, they're involved uh, somehow, maybe with fundraising or helping the poor, a lot of these baseball teams have, have things they're doing in their community, if you're involved in that, you know what, the big show coming to town ain't going to pull you away, you're going to still stay committed, does that make any sense? Um, let me just close with this. Um, I think attractional is good. I think attractional. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't just think attractional is good. I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary. Here's the deal: church does not have to be boring to be deep. Church doesn't have to be boring for you to feel like you've been to church. As a matter of fact, what I hope will happen is at the end of every service here at Whitley Church, you'll go, whoa, I'm telling you, man, I didn't know that much time had passed by. And and I want that to be the feeling. Um, But before you can become a follower of Jesus, before you can become a player, you're a fan first. Some of the worship leaders up here. Well, all of them, every worship leader up here, every person up here playing a musical instrument, before they got good at it, they were a fan of the guitar. They were a fan of the keyboard. They were a fan of singing. They were a fan of music. Now they're using that to minister. I think about Gage Havery, who was just a little old tiny fellow when he came to our church, and now he stands in front of our kids, and he stood here in front of us before in big church, (laughs) <laughs> and he has played the guitar and led us in worship he's awesome but but because of the kind of church we were there was we created an environment where he could be attracted to something he became attracted to it and now he ministers in it now he's a player as a matter of fact Gage is a game changer he's a game changer but you got to be a fan first in new testament days Jesus was attractive Jesus had fans. As a matter of fact, one pastor, one, one pastor, uh, some writers, some scholars divide his three and a half years of ministry up into one year is the year of popularity, where Jesus was very popular, where Jesus had a lot of fans, um, and they were fans before they believed. Amen? Amen? You have to be a fan before you believe. They were fans before they believed. They were fans before they decided to follow him. They were fans before they decided to dedicate themselves to him. Here's what I'm saying. Attractional creates fans, and that's where people start. They start as a fan. Uh, They were attracted to his teaching. They were attracted to the things he was saying. They were attracted to his miracles. But they didn't believe yet, but they were attracted And so I don't ever see in the scripture where Jesus ever rebuked the crowd and went, do not come here because of my good works and do not come because of my miracles. He didn't say that to anybody. He never said that to anybody. He was glad they were there because he wanted to tell them how they could have eternal life. At the same time, it was never Jesus' goal. It was never his goal. It was never his vision to build the biggest crowds he could build. And I want to tell you, it isn't the goal of this church. The goal of this church is not to have bigger and bigger crowds. And as long as we're having bigger and bigger crowds, we go, we're doing it, we're getting it done. No, we're not. Not unless we're discipling them. Not unless we are bringing them from fans to players, discovering some game changers in there. Okay? All right? I mean, Jesus never said, man, we fed 5,000 today. I'll tell you what let's do. Let's get with that kid again. Let's get with his mom. See if we can mix this menu up a little bit. I believe we can feed 6,000 next week. No. It wasn't about the crowds. It was about the message, but Jesus knew if there's nobody there, there's nobody to give the message to. Yeah, I know that crowd out there at Whitley. They just care about crowd, big numbers, big numbers. Well, I gotta tell y'all something. I've been a preacher since I was 17 years old, and I've never seen an empty chair come to the altar. So, I mean, what do we what uh, people who say that about us, I want to go, well, so should I whittle it down to 30 or 40 so we'll be a real church? I've pastored those churches. <sighs> You walk in on Sunday and go, everybody excited? And they go, no, no, no excitement here, but I'm here. Had to drag the children and drag my husband and drug them and everything else, you know, to get them here, but I'm here. Uh, But that wasn't the goal Jesus had, crowds. Jesus' goal was discipleship. It was discipleship. Uh, here, Here it is. Jesus' goal was to attract as many people as possible to him. That's, our, that's what we're doing. We're trying to attract people to Jesus. What do we call this? God's house. This is God's house. We we'll want to get them in here, bring them in, train them up, send them out. Everybody say that with me. Bring them in, train them up, send them out. Let's say it faster. Bring them in, train them up, send them out. Bring them in, train them up, send them out. Rawhide. So what we want to do is we we want to create something here that's attractive. I mean, what are you going to say to your friends? Look, our church is boring and plain, but come on out. (laughs) Jesus' goal was to make disciples. Let's look at Jesus' mission very quick, and this is it. This is my last page. In color. John 14, 12. I assure you most solemnly, this is Jesus talking. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. So Jesus was saying we need to get what I'm preaching in as many people as we can because that multiplies the body of Christ around the world and in the community. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, the Bible counted people over and over. Acts 2, 41, 3,000 went from being fans to players. Acts 4 and 4, um, um, 5,000 went from being fans to players. And and so Jesus is saying, here's a fan base. Now let's move these fans into committed players. Once they become disciples, we will empower them, and we're going to talk about that next week, and and we're going to talk about the missional side. Here's what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about what it is we want to get in them once we have attracted them. Y'all with me? What we want to get in people once we've attracted them. Okay? Now, guys, let me brag on you a little bit, and then then I, I know I've preached too long here. Let me just brag on you. We have a little yellow card that we, um, that we give to our guests. And by the way, if you're here today and you're a guest, we have a gift for you right back there at the Guest Welcome Center. We want you to take that with you. And on that yellow card, it says, what did you notice first when you came to Whitley? How many of y'all filled out one of those cards sometime back? And, and Good, good, good. Uh, what did you notice first? I think the next question is, uh, what did you like best? And then what did you what did you not like or what what did you like least or something like that guys um, every time I've got a stack of those cards in my office that high it talks about the people were friendly the people were friendly of course it says the sermon was awesome but I don't want to talk about that let's just talk (laughs) actually don't always say that (laughs) Uh, you know, it'll say something. Uh, you say, well, what's under the what they don't like? Well, sometimes they don't like our contemporary music or sometimes they don't like the, you know, the volume's up pretty good in here, you know, and, and sometimes they'll say it's too loud or, or whatever. But they always talk about your love. They always talk about the way you treat them. People are beat up, banged up. They're broken When they walk in those doors, they're looking for somebody to love me. I ain't looking for Jesus yet. They're not. See, we would love to think that everybody that walks in this church is looking for Jesus. Let me tell you something. They don't even know who Jesus is. They're not even sure who he is. You're the only Jesus they know for a little while. Keep giving that love, man. Keep giving it. And when you walk by them in the hallway, you wave at them. Say, hey guys, Hey. Glad to have you. Thanks for coming. Laugh, smile. Let the song that was sung in our service earlier, the song Pam sung, let it be true. I got joy. Let them see it. They'll never come to our Jesus if we don't reflect ourselves his love and his joy. The Bible says about Jesus that he had joy above everybody else. He's our example in everything, isn't he? Father, we just give you Whitley Church. We just give you our future, God. We give you our lives. We want to please you, Lord. We want to please you. We have our little scuffles and we have our little disagreements, God, and and we have our little misunderstandings. Every family does, but God, this is is the best church I've ever pastored in my life. This is the healthiest church I've ever pastored in my life. And I thank you for these people, God. Make us more like you. Make us more like you. And let us not be afraid to invite our friends and say, come with me on a Saturday night. Come with me. Come with me on a Sunday. Come with me on a Thursday before you go to the beach. And let me just sit with you and, and let you see what kind of church we have. Um, Father, we want to be attractional. We also want to be missional. And we know you're going to guide us in how to do that perfectly. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, guys, listen. If anybody would like prayer, uh, we'll have our prayer People up here will pray for you. So, uh, as you're leaving, please be very quiet. And also remember that we have those gifts, those free things I mentioned out there, and we have the gift for our guests. God bless. God bless. Thank you.